We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. What's good, my friend? This is the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel. And we are the Fan Upstate rolling on until 7 o'clock p.m. today. Thrilled to have you guys with us. Could not do it without you. We love you. We value you. We appreciate you. Oh, so very much. I want to wish a uh, belated happy birthday as well. I know we mentioned this yesterday, but I want to do it again today to my old man who turned the tender age of 37 yesterday. At least that's what he would want me to say. If my old man said he was 37, Diesel, how old is he actually? 73. 73. That's exactly right. Diesel doesn't even know the ruse, and he still got it right. Can't get anything past me. Papa Ryan, happy birthday. We love you so very much. And, uh, you know, guys... Whenever you like something I do, okay, give me credit. Whenever you're upset at something I do, please blame my dad. Okay, please blame my dad. That's how we'll look at it here on Offsides, the fan upstate jam-packed on a Friday edition of the show. Coming up in 18 of the last 20 seasons, this happened in the NFL. So who's the one to do it this year? We've got A, B, C, D, and F scenarios for Clemson and South Carolina football in 2024. We have got Heisman Trophy voter Brent Beard. We have got a sit-down with former Super Bowl quarterback Cordell Stewart. We've got Cole Bryson on a bunch of SCHSLBS. Is that enough alphabet soup for for you for one sentence? We have an I Read the Articles draft, which we'll explain at 5.40 p.m. today. We've got the top five at five, and we have you here on the most interactive sports radio show anywhere. 844-FAN-PHONE, F-A-N-F-O-N-E, on the Renewal by Anderson fan phone. And the text line is there for you at 71307. Hello to all you pretty people 
and the YouTube verse today. Watching Diesel and I on YouTube right now. Great to see you. Great to be with you. It always is, my friends. It always is. So let us open with this. I like, right, to be affiliated when it comes to, like, matters, key matters, important decisions in sport. I like to be affiliated with smart people, okay? Like, I like to hear what smart people have to say. And when we learn the most, right, I think is when two smart people on opposite sides of a debate debate each other because both are ready for the other person's punches and counterpunches, et cetera, right? So um, to me in this case, you've got a lot of back and forth in terms of college football and health of the sport and what is really going on. And, you know, this particular person, uh, David Hale, David Hale Diesel, was the guy that Paul Feinbaum was on with when he said there's no way in hell that this sports talk show host in Greenville, South Carolina, um, knows that Clemson and Florida State are trying to get out of the league. And he said that about two years ago. He was on David Hale's show. David Hale has taken a couple of swings at me in the past. Uh, You know, a couple debate swings, no big deal. Then I sat next to him for Clemson, Florida State this year. And he and I had a great conversation, talked about this, that, and the other thing, and uh, shook hands. And, you know, I, I don't know. I felt really good about it after that. So David Hale came out today, guys, and said the following, because yesterday we got floated, to me, some massive BS that we might never even have a 12-team college football playoff that this thing might expand to 14 teams before it ever was 12. These greedy punks can't even stop themselves from sticking their filthy paws in your silky drawers to get money out of your wallet. David, A David Hale joint on Twitter said the following, I'm largely in favor of playoff expansion, at least up from four, but 12 has issues and 14-plus with multiple conference auto bids has big issues for me. Let me explain. Diesel, I think there's some great points here. He says, here's Penn State's 2023 schedule with pregame FBS win expectancy. And what you see is there's only two games on there where they're 50% or low to win, below to win, at Ohio State versus Michigan. He said Penn State played 12 regular season games. In 10 of them, they had an expectance, a win expectancy of 83% or better. Penn State won all of those games. Penn State basically played two games in which they weren't the heavy favorites and lost both. In the 12-team model, Penn State would have almost certainly been in, though I think there would have been room for discussion comparing them with, say, Oklahoma or Arizona. In a model in which the Big Ten gets three or four teams automatically, they're in with ease. He said the reason a larger playoff works in the NFL is because virtually every game is somewhere in the 60-40 outcome range. Unless it's the Carolina Panthers, then they have no chance. But every other game is 60% to 40%. In college football, more than half of almost every team's games are clear blowouts. Many teams will play what amounts to a three- to four-game schedule and only need to win one to make the playoff. Only need to win one. Now, as Big Ten and the SEC get bigger, they realize 12-0, 11-1, 10-2 become tougher marks to reach, 
So they want guarantees that teams won't be punished for going 8-4. and four. And there's a case that 8-4 and four in the SEC could be better than 11-1 and one in the Big 12 or the ACC. But that's a case that deserves a debate, not a rubber stamp. You don't get a guarantee that your 8-4 and four team gets in. He says this is all probably yelling into the wind. The game is over. The Big Ten SEC have won. We're just deciding margin of victory now. But in an era when MLB, NBA, and NFL are dying to engineer meaning in the regular season, I think college football is going down a bad path. Diesel, you've been in favor of playoff expansion. I've been on the fence. Can you at least agree that we should cut the crap and it should not expand anymore? Yeah, and I know this piece of audio that we're about to play because I listened to it myself this morning. And generally speaking, I I agree with Josh in that playoff expansion for the sake of playoff expansion is not always great. I don't love auto bids, but I also don't love a system where they can exclude half of, of the league, half of the sport, like – how can how can wins against certain teams count if you refuse to ever put them in the playoff? Right? So there has to be a vehicle. There has to be a vehicle for every team to get into the playoff. That doesn't mean that every team is playing an equal schedule. It doesn't mean every team will have the equal uh, chance, you know, whatever it is, 136 divided by 12, percent chance to get into the playoff but every team has to have a path otherwise to me a championship is invalid you can't count wins against them and then say well we don't want you in our playoff because you're not good enough so yeah I mean I'm I'm for it I've lived it I lived FCS playoff days it's exciting it's so much fun to be a part of and, like, I know guys like Josh and guys like you think about this in the abstract because you haven't seen it yet. You're predicting what it might look like, what it might do to the sport. And I can tell you from experience, FCS football was just fine with a 16-team playoff. It was just fine with 16. And the playoffs were great with 16. And I, as a fan, loved every single game that my team played for all four years that I was in school. So in the parlance of this clip here, we're going to play from Mike Greenberg here in a few minutes. Miss me with the argument that it makes the regular season meaningless. It's only meaningless to you because you have decided that it means less to you. See, every person's got to make that decision for themselves. Here's the Is difference, the sport though, meaningful to me or not? Here's the difference, though. In your 16-team playoff, the big bad bully of college football did not get to flex and say, we get five auto bids. You know what I mean? Our 7-5 and five is better than your 11-1. and one. And then Penn State, you know as well as I do, Penn State was the picture of the team that everybody knew wasn't the national champion. They played nobody. Then when they played somebody, they lost. Every single time they lost. Well, so, again, this is a piece of the audio that, that I don't know if it's included in this clip that you have here. But Josh Pate went off on the people who argue that, well, Notre Dame doesn't deserve to be in the playoff because they don't play anybody all year long. Well, that's, that's you who have decided 
they don't play anybody. That's you who have decided that their schedule is trash. Those other teams across from them are trying like hell to beat them. And it doesn't mean that Notre Dame is in the top five programs in college football. Or does it mean that it's in the top five in quality of team, which is an incredibly subjective conversation, right? Like, we don't ever look at this through the lens of analytics and say, what what skill level do you have on your team? How do you perform relative to the competition that you face? Everybody just wants to go off of opinion and the eye test. We've made the eye eye test way too damn important. See, I don't like any conference getting X number of auto bids. I hate that. Because what if, and you know as well as I do, this sport is cyclical. It's a pendulum. There was a time where all the power was in the SEC East. It was Florida. It was Tennessee. And then it swung to the West. And people said, oh, no. The East is never going to win another title in the SEC again. Woe is us. We've got to change the system so that the East has a chance. And then look what's happening. Maybe the pendulum is swinging back towards the East. Georgia's winning national titles. Nick Saban is retiring. All of this comes back and forth and back and forth in due time. But everybody's trying to pull the Jurassic Park. Everybody is trying to engineer the dinosaurs so that they're all girls and that they can't procreate. But what did we learn from that movie? I know what you're going to say. Life finds a way. (laughs) Life finds a way. So you got all these people, some of them bad actors in business suits who are just trying to make money here, but so many people just want to tinker with the sport to make it exactly what they want it to be year in and year out. You want to tinker with it. You want to engineer the perfect playoff scenario. You want to make sure that nobody ever gets blown out in the playoffs. You want to make sure that the team that passes your personal eye test wins the thing so you get to feel good about yourself and say, look at me, I picked the winner. But guess what? It never, ever, ever turns out that way. So stop trying because all you're doing is screwing things up more and more and more. You know, I want to do something right now, guys, that we don't normally do. Okay. And that is that, you know, when we play for you an audio clip, audio clips are generally uh, 10 to 30 second blurbs. Okay. Josh Pate is the host of the best college football show in the country. You heard that the other day when he joined us on the show, we said that. Um, And this rant that he has is so good. And, you know, Josh typically tends to be pretty anti-hot take. This is as close to a hot take as I've heard Josh Pate have. It's so good that I couldn't stop listening to it. And it's so good that I didn't dare break it up into multiple audio bits to share with you. So if you'd like to hear some great audio, Josh Pate as plugged in as anybody to what's really going on in college football, explain to you why the powers that be continue to expand our postseason at a breakneck pace. Here is our friend Josh. A bunch of people who really didn't care about college football so much, they more cared about deepening their pockets. A bunch of people came along and they saw college football. And college football was really, really good, but it was good for fans. It wasn't necessarily fully leveraged from a profit maximization standpoint. And they realized, well, we could make a whole lot more money on this thing. And so being absent of central leadership, no one stopped them. They just walked in the door and they built themselves an ATM 
but they called it a playoff. See, they built the ATM so it would print money, but they didn't call it an ATM. They called it a college football playoff. Part two came when they gaslit everyone into thinking it was needed. And they would point things out like 2004. That's an imperfect season. We had an undefeated team be left out. How could we ever continue this sport? Lack of a playoffs, an existential threat. And they talked about the betterment of the game, the best interest of college football. They talked about the best interest of a sport they couldn't care less about. They cared about leveraging it. They didn't care about the sport itself. And then when the playoff comes around, the next order of business was they used mass marketing to redefine what meaning actually was. Once upon a time, meaning was I'm waking up on Saturday and my team's playing your team and it's college football. It's great. But all of a sudden, that wasn't good enough anymore. What worked for a million years wasn't good enough. All of a sudden, it's about who's in. Remember that marketing campaign? It got thrown in your face. It got sprayed in your face like a fire hose. Every single waking hour of every day that you watched programming, it was about who's in, who's in the playoff. That's what meaning is after all. If you're playing a game in early November and you're out of the playoff race, that's a meaningless game. Only in about the past decade have we started to popularize phrases like meaningless game in college football. You ever wonder why that's only popped up in the last decade? You ever wonder why bowl opt-outs only really popped up in the last decade? It's not cause the NFL all of a sudden started paying millions of dollars, therefore guys didn't wanna risk their draft status. NFL was paying big money in 2005 just as much as they were in 2015. The difference is the adults in the room told the kids on the field, it's not a playoff game, it's meaningless. And, and how dare those kids? They listened to the adults. They get accused of not doing it all the time. They listened to the adults. And, and so then all of a sudden, you realize you got a problem. And the same group that had the flamethrower in their hand and set the forest on fire, put the flamethrower down, and then they went and bought a fire truck and drove it right up and had the audacity to tell you we're here to put out the fire. We need to expand the playoff more because that's how games will get meaning. Now, games had meaning forever before that crowd came along. But then all of a sudden, the games don't have meaning anymore. Why are these games not meaningful in November? Well, I know. We'll create more of what caused the problem. And lo and behold, people went along with it again. And folks like me who pushed back on it were called Neanderthals, knuckle draggers. Like, how can you resist change? How could you say no to more football, Josh? Now we sit here and the same crowd that brought you from two to four and now from four to 12, and maybe we never have 12 because we may go to 14 or 16, they're telling you, don't worry, this will address the problem. The games will have meaning now. The games had meaning. The games had meaning. It's just that a bunch of dudes in suits came along and they convinced you that access to a playoff was like college football's version of oxygen. And if you don't have access to that, if you're not in the chase for the playoff, your games have no meaning. That playoff was built by men. That playoff was created very recently. The things that make college football great have been around decades and decades and decades. And you could call it man-made, but really it was created by culture. It was created by years and years and years of doing something and enjoying something and sharing something communally. And then it, it saddens me that you let a group of clowns come in wearing suits. So, you know, they must be legit. 
And they, we just allowed them to redefine it. That's kind of the sad part. So if you want to know why I push back on expansion, if you want to know why I hardlined my stance at the outset, if you want to know why I didn't want to compromise and just give a little, it's because there was never giving a little. In this equation, there was either winning or you let go of the rope completely. The words of my guy, Josh Pate, our guy, Josh Pate. And guys, he's right. The only thing that changed is perception. Perception is a bunch of people coalesced on social media and said, these games don't mean anything. Nobody ever said that. Nobody ever said that. There has been no difference in the delineation of meeting, meaning between bowl games of yesterday and bowl games today. When I was 12 and 13 years old, living in Fort Collins, Colorado, Colorado State made a bowl game for the first time in 36 years. They played Oregon in the Holiday Bowl, and they beat them. And the entire city of Fort Collins, Colorado, was buzzing. Front page of the newspaper. Everyone was talking about it with their neighbors. Everyone had their green and gold flags out. You think that game was meaningless? Well, today, there's a lot of folks that would tell you, why should Colorado State's Projected third-round pick tight end even play in the game. That is meaningless. It is nothing more than perception and a bunch of morons having the ability to coalesce on social media and scream BS from the mountaintops. On that point, Josh is completely and totally right. That diesel may have been my favorite Josh Pate rant of all time. The question is, why, if ESPN is watching the ratings and the ticket sales for these bowl games go down. And ESPN holds the rights to a lot of these bowl games, so they could be front runners in this. Why isn't ESPN attempting to counteract all of this negative perception around bowl games being meaningless? Where is ESPN running ad campaigns at us with the same fervor, as Josh put it, by blasting people in the face with a fire hose, about the meaning of bowl games. Where is that? It's because ESPN doesn't really want to do the bowl games anymore. ESPN doesn't want to pay for these things. ESPN doesn't want to promote these things. They are allowing bowl games to rot on the vine so that they can push and push and push for an expanded playoff. Why would ESPN want to pay for the Camellia Bowl anymore when they don't have to? Sorry, teams that play in the Camellia Bowl. You had a great year. Good for you, but we don't have a bowl game for you anymore. Why isn't ESPN blasting out to the world that these things do have meaning? It's just counter-propaganda. Propaganda won. The propaganda that told you these were these games were meaningless won. You guys bought it. Hook, line, and sinker. So where is ESPN who owns these games? And for as long as they're going to put them on, they should be promoting the fact that they have meaning. So, guys, when we come back on the show, all right, um, there is the reason for what, the why that Diesel just said. Why is ESPN not promoting the meaning of bowl games? It's about greed. And I'll tell you the specifics as to the why there. And there are, in fact, believe it or not, ESPN personalities that are lamenting the loss of the value of, the, of bowl games, even though their company, their parent company, is, along with Fox, largely behind it. We'll get to that next, right here on the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. 
It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are the Fan Upstate. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel. We are the fan upstate. Check on the text line. Texter says, can't say Notre Dame doesn't deserve to be considered when it was Clemson's signature regular season win last year. What does that have to do with anything? Texter says, I'm good with expansion, but I just want to see the top 12 making it in. If your end of season ranking is in the top 12, you're in even if that means you have six teams from one conference and no one from the ACC or the Pac-12 gets in, let the top 12 battle it out for the chip. Well, here's the thing that's interesting about that, Texter. For our entire lives, okay, you would never see a team that is 9-3 and three ahead of a team that is 11-1 and one from a major conference, okay, um, because the poll voters said that is not what's deserved. Even if Vegas told you the 9-3 and three team would be favored, They don't care. It's not what's deserved. So you're saying, well, just put in the top 12. And I agree with you, so long as they keep to what they've always been doing. If if we get back into this, um, you know, automatic bids BS and the SEC gets four every year, you're going to have some eight and four teams get in. It's going to suck. Well, it would have to be based, the top 12 ranking system would have to be based on analytics. You couldn't let the human element into this because then anyone could be convinced, and it's not a difficult argument to convince somebody of, that the SEC is a better conference and that the third or fourth best team in the SEC is better than the second best team in the ACC, for example. I mean, that's not a difficult argument to convince someone of. So then if you've got a whole room full of people who believe that, then the minutia is just going to keep pushing more and more and more and more towards the SEC or the Big Ten or whoever it is is at the top of the heap at the moment. So it has to be based on like an old BCS formula. How are you statistically? So, guys, the answer to Diesel's question, in my opinion, why isn't the ESPN advocating for the value of bowl games 
having a commercial campaign promoting the value of bowl games. And the reason is, as they continue to build up this college football playoff, the powers that be in college football know that one network is going to win the rights to that. And so you're continuing to drum up the demand from the networks for what is going to be a massive tournament. And increasingly, college football is going to become a postseason sport. And man, oh, man, oh, man, guess what? If you ESPN or you Fox win the bidding for the college football playoff and it has nothing to do with anything but the amount that you offer, it has nothing to do about friendships. It is if you offer three thirty-two billion and they offer three thirty-one billion, the three thirty-two billion wins. That's how television bidding goes for these properties. ESPN and Fox are not bitching and moaning about this because they they're aware that they're going to have a chance to monopolize the sports. And so, hey, bowl games, sorry, you're caught in the crossfire. Okay, you're not going to stand in the, in the way of us claiming the lion's share of the college football playoff. So what happens then? All you hear about is the college football playoff. All that matters is the college football playoff. We're going to have seasons, guys, where Florida and South Carolina fans are checked out before October. Okay, before October, we're going to have seasons where that's the case. And it's because everyone convinced you that everything else is meaningless and everything. the only thing that matters now is the college football playoff. Texter says, Mark, let's just make a 64-team March Madness-style tournament. App State would get in every year. Right, Diesel? Texter, why do you insist on taking years off of my life with stuff like this? Please, why do you insist? Uh, Texter says, do away with no playoff bowls since we are headed to the NFL model and there are no non-playoff games. Do away with the strawberry Pop-Tarts bowl. As fun as that was, Texter, it feels like bowl games are going away anyway. You know, you know why they're still here? It's not that people attend them. It's that networks need programming. And networks know that you're going to be bored and perhaps sick of the cousin that you don't like and looking for an escape over the holidays. And what do you know? There's the Pop-Tarts Bowl, and it made me laugh. And I'll watch a quarter of that because there's not much else that's going to grab your attention at that time. So, you know, guys, like, why isn't ESPN doing more? Well, some ESPN personalities have spoken up about this. Players leaving, players transferring, players not participating in their team's bowl game. Here was Kirk Herbstreet just last offseason on this very topic. Like, what's the difference as a player in saying these games are meaningless when, Des, we played in, quote-unquote, meaningless games. I mean, I know you guys were here a lot, but... I just don't understand. If you don't make it to the playoff, how is it meaningless to play football and compete? Isn't that what we do as right. football players? We we compete. So yeah. I, I don't know if cha- I don't know if changing and expanding it yeah. is going to ch- change anything. I really don't. I think this era of player just doesn't love football. That's what I was about to say. We're dealing with a total men- different mentality when we're dealing with these um, student athletes nowadays, especially the football players. I mean, their whole mentality right now is about the championship, the playoff. We got to get into the, the CFB or the CFP. And because of that, they don't value the bowl games. Now, when we were coming up, Herb Street and myself, like to go to a bowl game was a huge reward for a fantastic season. That's what it meant. It's like, okay. Your team played this well, so you're going to be rewarded by going to this bowl game. You're going to get a ring. You're going to get swag. 
Now, kids don't really care about that. They're, they're, they, they, they have a sense of entitlement. And it's like, if we're not going to the one that matters, then, you know, it just doesn't have as much value to them as it did us growing up. Yeah, the words of Kirk Herbstreit and, and Desmond Howard. And yet, there is their network bidding, telling college football, hey, man, if you can imagine what we bid for a four-team playoff, we know you know that. Here's what we bid for a 12. Here's what we would bid for a 16. And so there's talk of expansion only because they're seeing the dollar signs of what the networks will bid. And the networks will bid that because increasingly they would then have a monopoly over what has become the second most popular sport in America. The NFL had 93 of the top 100 rated broadcasts of the year. Television broadcasts of any kind, sports and non-sports. Okay, The NFL had 93 of the top 100. The only other sport with any? College football with three of the top 100 rated television broadcasts. I think the Academy Awards had one. Super Bowl pregame show, that's another football show, had one. Thanksgiving Day Parade had one. Uh, Political programming had one. That's it. That's it. That's all that you got. So, my friends, as you digest this and as you listen to Josh Payton and as you hear the people that don't even love college football are at the controls and they're making a money grab that is largely ruining the sports, how do you digest that? Up next, Mike Greenberg presents a different viewpoint. That's next here on the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are the fan upstate. It's offsides, Mark. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Brian and Diesel, we are the Fan Upstates. Fantastic to have you guys in today on the show. Truly do appreciate you, man. Um, Okay. So Mike Greenberg is a host I really, really like, man. I'm I'm really down with some Mike Greenberg. Uh, He is smart. He is interesting. He is funny. Um, What we have seen, you remember Mike and Mike back in the day? Here's the cold, hard fact about what we've learned. Mike Greenberg is perfectly capable of standing on his own. Mike Golick could only thrive with Mike Greenberg. Have, have we not seen that? You know, like Mike Golick, Mike Greenberg make, made Mike Golick funny. Like that dynamic worked. You had the jock and the nerd working together. And like that played, that was good. Mike Greenberg has been fine by himself, like thrived by himself. And so, like, in the Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, who was really more responsible for the other success, Tom Brady won that one. Mike Greenberg wins this one. There was a report that, like, they were at odds and they couldn't stand working with each other anymore. 
and that's why they made the change. Also, you guys probably know that's why Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless don't work together anymore. That like evidently Shannon could not stand working with Skip Bayless for another day. Uh, I, every time they were on the show together, I thought Shannon was going to take swings at him. Yeah, yeah, right. So, um, and anyway. I think Skip knew that, and he was trying to trying to edge up to it as much as he could. I gotta I gotta tell you guys a quick story, real quick, Diesel. Okay, um, so my first radio gig was in Orlando, and I bought my own show when I was on ESPN Radio, and I utilized Diesel the fact that I had a brokered show. Can you describe to the audience what a brokered show means, Diesel? What does that mean? I don't know. Brokered show is one you pay for, okay? So I was paying to be on the air, and it's when I was starting my career. And I was like, okay, but nobody at ESPN needs to know I have a brokered show, right? So what I did was I just started emailing everyone at ESPN, and I said, hey, I'm on ESPN 1080, the team in Orlando, Florida. I don't have to tell you that I'm paying for my show. I don't have to tell you that I'm not really employed here. I just host a show for ESPN 1080, the team. And uh, so I emailed Mike Greenberg. And I said, Mike, I'd love to have you on. And he's like, I'd be happy to come on. Super nice guy. So we had him on. And uh, my dad had heard enough of my interviews to know that I needed help. You know, like I, I was like really green. And he's coming on. And Diesel, my dad had just moments of brilliance in the terms of the questions that he had for me for uh, for Mike Greenberg. You know, they were awesome. It was like, um, who are the Cleveland Browns going to take in the draft and how long will it take them to ruin them? Ruin them. You know, in a movie about Manny being Manny, who plays Manny? And it was all like just really interesting stuff. And like Mike Greenberg was laughing the whole time. And my dad gave me three or four of those questions. And Greenberg couldn't have been more gracious Responded to me after the interview. Wish you the best of luck, Mark. Super good guy. I have nothing but really positive opinions of Mike Greenberg. I say that to say I don't know that I necessarily agree with him here because Mike Greenberg today says, miss me with a no continuity argument from coaches. When it comes to the coaches who are complaining that they can't keep their rosters together, I don't know that I can put it any more clearly than this. I have zero interest in hearing from them. Let me give you a statistic. In 2018, 21 college football coaches were hired at the Division I level. 21 of them. Do you know how many of those remain today at the school where they were hired? One. Now, some of them were fired, but most of them were not. Most of them moved on to better opportunities because that's what they've been allowed to do forever. So you can miss me with the idea that, oh, these players, they have no loyalty and they're not staying with the programs and all that stuff. Until the day that the coaches honor their contracts, I'm not the least bit interested in hearing about how this is making their lives more complicated. Okay, so on the surface, right, uh, Mike Greenberg has a point. Why should coaches be able to move around and players not? We can all agree, though, right, there's a point of water pressure in which the levy breaks. We're there. We're there. Coaches should have never been able to leave their teams overnight. The scene last year where, like, Brian Kelly is leaving Notre Dame at 3 a.m. under the cloud of darkness to go to Baton Rouge, that should never bleeping happen. Never. The coach, the, the, the contract should always tie you through the end of the year, and just like there are periods where you can utilize the transfer portal, recruiting windows, 
there should be coaching hiring windows as well. Okay? So Mike Greenberg is saying, well, essentially, since coaches were guilty of wrongs, players should be able to be guilty of wrongs as well. And I would point you to the whole two wrongs don't make a right statement that your mom told you your whole life. Coaches should have never been able to do this. And then when you have coaches doing it, combined with players doing it, NIL transfer portal, uh, I, I believe it was uh, Lane Kiffin a few weeks ago, or no, it was um, it was uh, Maryland's head coach said he had a third-string running back demand $100,000 in order to stay here. And he essentially implied, Diesel, that he had to control from laughing in the guy's in the guy's in the guy's face, <laughs> hundred grand, man, or I'm I'm out. Um, you know, Diesel, I, I respect Mike Greenberg a lot. I really, really do. But all of it is bad. And when you have players leaving early and coaches leaving early, and you throw all those in a BS soup, what you have is the mess today in college football. And no continuity means declining ratings, means unhappy fans. Mean a team means you, you, your team is not one you recognize anymore. Well, it's certainly not right that any coach could do their best 84 Colts and just leave in the middle of the night. It's not right. You know, players sign up to play for coaches. They don't necessarily sign up to play for the university. They sign up to play for their coaches. I, I believe coaches should have a requirement of fulfilling at least 75% of their initial contract. If you don't fulfill 75% of that contract, if it's a four-year deal, you have to be there for three years, uh, or you have to give some some part of that back in penalty, or you forfeit, uh, you forfeit your buyout if you were to be fired, something like that. But you know where this is going to have to go. And I, every time we bring up something like this, you know, People in the audience, they want to, they just want to take the simple answer. Why don't we just turn the clock back and do this? You, you can't. You know, it's that old adage. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. So what are we going to have to do with this? We're going to have to make players employees of the university. You're going to have to sign players to contracts, whether that be a two-year contract or a four-year contract. Now, the player will have to make that decision. If it's an elite, let's say a five-star quarterback, He's going to go play at Southern Cal. He's going to have to make that decision. Would I rather be on a two-year contract where two years from now I can leave as a free agent and go where I want to go? Or would I rather have the guarantee of more money, more access, more whatever it is, and sign up for four years? That's where we're going to have to go with it. Coaches are not going to all of a sudden say, you know what, you're right. Please restrict my freedom of movement. They're not going to do that. So what do you have to do? You have to re-restrict player movement under the format of contracts. And they will get something for that. They will, they will get more money, more whatever, more NIL deals as compensation for giving up that freedom of movement. But it's also fair if players have restrictions on freedom of movement if coaches do the same. And it's not just guys leaving under the cloud of darkness. It's what Sean Elliott did. To his team, they've started spring practice. Three days in. Three days into spring practice, and now they have no spring game. Now they have no spring practice. I mean, you talk about screwing over somebody. You know what I mean? You're like, guys, like it's, it's always been important to me to do things the right way, right? And, like, do you think Sean Elliott – like, what do you think of Sean Elliott's character, if you're a Gamecock fan – 
that he like leaves for a tight ends position coach job three days into spring training. What do you think of his character? Or is it just like, well, it's good for my team, so I'm good. You know, like, would you not raise an eyebrow if somebody did that to you? Right? Three days into spring practice? Would that not bother you? Because it would, it would most certainly bother me. Texter says, Mark, I completely forgot about Mike Golick. Mike and Mike was great, though. That was a fantastic show, wasn't it? Yeah, we saw so much more Golick Jr. after that show split up. Yeah, Golick Jr. comes at me, Diesel, about three times a year. You know, I don't know why, but he's never agreed with me. Hey, it's good to be on that guy's radar, even if it's negatively. He's, uh, he never agrees with me. Um, Texter says, I agree with the Greenberg sentiment, but coaches are employees and can be fired. And until they change the NIL portal rules, uh, players are not considered employees. Oh, that's, that's true. That's true. But should coaches be able to leave as well? I mean, Greeny's point is essentially what's good for the goose is good for the gander, right? Why can't players have freedom to move if coaches do the same? And our point is that's never been right. It's never been right to do what Sean Elliott did. Or Brian Kelly did. That, that, that's always been a horrible screw job, you know, and it's revealing of the character of those who do it, quite honestly. You know, you know who did it the right way? Kalen DeBoer. He did it the right way. Don't talk to me. I'm not talking to anybody. I've got a historic season going on at Washington. I'm not going to mess with that, okay? If you want to talk to me about anything, do not engage in any conversation with my agent or I until the full season is done, culminating with our finish in the college football playoff. That's how you do it the right way, okay? Like, you know, not screwing your team or peace out. I don't feel like being a head coach anymore, and now's the time I'm going to do it. You know, like Sean Elliott should have made that decision when the season was over, not when the new campaign has begun. You know, to just wake up one day, I don't feel like doing this anymore. Let me take the first position coach job that comes available. Is anyone actually holding these guys accountable? Or when Sean Elliott goes to Columbia for his introductory press conference, is it just softball homer questions from the local media? Hey, man, how come you screwed over your team? Sean, you really screwed over your team. Do you think any of the Columbia media asked him that? I'd be willing to bet. It hasn't happened yet. But I'd be willing to bet that at least one player comes over from Georgia State. At least one. Because we know South Carolina will take transfers from any, you know, group of five FCS program. They do it. That's not, it's, not a, it's not a hack job on South Carolina. If it's a player that fits your needs, fine. But I, I, I'm pretty sure we'll see Sean Elliott screw Georgia State over one more time by taking a player with him. At least one. Texter says, Mark, it's the school's fault for letting coaches leave without penalty or non-compete clauses. Why are those not in there? Because then you don't get the, the best coaches. So, guys, uh, one of my favorite radio memories, I was on air in, uh, in Houston, and he, the Houston Board of Regents for the Houston Cougars, now in the Big 12, they hired Major Applewhite, who I called Major Apple wrong, right, as their head coach. And I was beside myself. Why? because Lane Kiffin really wanted that job. Now, this was 2017, but I had a, a much better feeling about Lane Kiffin as a head coach than I did Major. Can you imagine today Diesel hiring Major Applewhite over Lane Kiffin? And I got on the show, and it was like 7.01 p.m., and I am blistering 
the University of Houston, in Houston for their hire. The owner of the Houston Rockets, who's the president of the Board of Regents, Tillman Fertitta, he is Houston's Mark Cuban, called in because he heard me lighting his hire on fire. And he, I'll never forget this. The producer looks at me, Diesel, and he goes, Mark. And he's like mouthing to me like you and I do sometimes. And he's got his hair on his head. He goes, Tillman Fertitta's on the line. And I said, put him on. He, he goes, no. And I said, why? And we're like doing this and pressing the cough button in between <laughs> our segment. He goes, because he's cursing. And I said, bring him on. And the first thing the guy says, Diesel, is, how lucky am I? that I'm driving through Houston, and what I hear is you bashing my hire. And we had such a revealing 10-minute conversation in which he told me that Lane Kiffin told him, Diesel, you can put any non-compete, any buyout in the contract. I want to be there. Put a $50 million buyout in the contract. Put a non-compete anywhere. And I said, Tillman, that wasn't enough for you? That wasn't enough? Well, he's got a little bit of a reputation, and Major Applewhite has great relationships in the community mm. and all this stuff. Bro, you passed up Lane Kiffin for Major Applewhite. We should try to get him back on the show. <laughs> yeah. Say, hey, 10 years later. That'd be great. How are you feeling about yeah, that decision? Yeah. Let's talk about that one. By the way, didn't, didn't they, they just fire Dana Holgerson, too? You know, <laughs> so that they've just been, gosh, laundry list. All right, my friends, we've got Heisman Trophy voter Brent Beard. Coming your way next, right here on the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are the Fan Upstate. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.